Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Peter Pratt. Thank you for joining me and happy Tuesday. Yep, this is a Tuesday episode. And there was no Monday episode. What's going on? Where's my Locked On Marlins podcast? That is the question. So let's just dive straight into it. Some programming notes. What's going to be happening the next you know, few weeks, maybe even few months? Locked On Marlins will go to at least three episodes per week as we go through the festive period and into the new year, into Jan and Feb perhaps. So just to call it out that Sometimes there may be Monday to Friday pods. There absolutely may be. But bare minimum, you should expect three episodes of Locked On Marlins at least every week. I'm going to continue to be bringing you the biggest guests out there, the biggest interviews, ideally the biggest players from the Marlins roster. Coming on, chatting. We're also going to be hopping over across to some NL East friends or enemies getting their views on their teams as well. Something to kind of keep us rolling through the off-season and keep us abreast of what's going on. So that's the plan. And thank you, everyone, for joining me today on Tuesday. It's a relatively rapid-fire episode. But there's two major bits to get into. The Marlins. The Marlins have news. The lockout is still here, guys. It absolutely is. Lockout remains. Going to come into that very shortly. But the Marlins have news Sound those klaxons. It hasn't been made official just yet, but the Marlins have identified and I believe uh, have a deal in place for a new international scouting director. If you recall back uh, a few months back, uh, the, the long-standing uh, previous scouting director, Segi, was, was let go. Um, and now it's, it's appeared in the, in the media that they have a deal in place for uh, an ex-Astros scout um, who's actually got a real nice track record of, of digging out some, I guess, slightly older arms, but ones that have then gone on to have some, some major league success. So that's, that's interesting and important to know. Um, you know, the, the international uh, free agency period will start in, well, I guess maybe that's up for debate, but, um, you know, it, it, it should be starting relatively soon after the lockout perhaps um so we'll we'll see what actually happens with with that signing period itself but the marlins seemingly have their guy um i believe he goes by the name oku but it's his his full name is roman okumares like i said former astros guy and has a good track record of 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 finding arms in particular so that's, I mean, <laughs> what do the Marlins need? We need some more arms. <laughs> Let's keep those arms rolling in town. Um, you know, there's, I think, a couple of notable guys. If you go and look at some of the names that are connected with him um, from the big league, you know, Framba Valdez sticks out that we've seen. Um, Christian Javier, Anoli Paredes, Luis Garcia as well, who um, had a big year last year. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of names. Also, I believe he was linked to... Um, former Marlin uh, uh, Guzman, I believe Guzman was scouted by uh, by him also. So you know, there we go. And these guys were were all pretty much signed on like ten grand. So you know, he's obviously got a, a talent for unearthing um, you know guys that can progress to the big leagues and don't uh, haven't got huge, I guess, buzz around them. 
They don't require the big money. I mean, it sounds like a perfect fit for the Marlins, doesn't it? Being able to go and sign big league players, well, that end up big league players, for like 10 grand a go. That sounds a, a match made in heaven there, absolutely. So, yeah, really intrigued to see the way they go with the international free agency uh, approach. They've obviously had some big splashes um, you know, throughout the, the Jeter era um, and Bruce Sherman era. They, they have. They've, they've been aggressive in international free agency, no doubt. Obviously, the, the Mesa brothers were, I guess, the, the headlines right at the start, and the Marlins were, you know, were actively out there uh, acquiring you know, more, more international free agency cash or pool money to use to make sure they can get the guys. So they have been. Um, they obviously you know, landed one of the big guys as well, uh, last year um, in Yidi Cape. Uh, notice the pronunciation there, Eli. I know you're hot on that pronunciation of Cape. So there you go. That's for you, brother. Um, but, you know, this this to me feels like a real nice fit. The Marlins have, have found their guy. He's got a track record of finding talent where maybe others don't look. And then that effectively ends up saving on some pool money, perhaps, um, to maybe go out and get some headliners. So I like the potential fit. Really intrigued to see the way they go. One thing for sure, what we've seen with you know the the Marlins scouting, it's been red hot in my opinion since um, you know since Jeter and Sherman have taken over and, and you've had various guys in, but the the scouting has been really second to none in many ways, and that's been the foundation of the Marlins building this this elite farm system. So really excited to see where we go with this one. It's great to have some news too. I don't know a lot about this guy personally if anyone does that's listening please reach out to me um so i'm basically just reporting um what i've seen um which is a few articles and a few things on twitter um, i'm sure more details will be shared when it's made formal uh by the marlins in the coming what days weeks whenever that i guess is it's possible they can make it formal i assume that the lockout wouldn't impact that so either way the marlins will have the man in place to help guide them through the international free agency period which I guess will be arranged in line with the lockout and what happens on that front. So that's great news. Like to see it. The Marlins have have, made, have got their guy, um, and I think the profile really fits. So that's the first segment, guys, and it's great to have some real news to talk about. But in the meantime, I have to tell you about the the guys over at Built Bar, of course. And it is the holiday season. Remains the holiday season here on Tuesday, twenty first of December. And we need to grab that protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, a built bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. Delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a real hard time choosing. Will you go for raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie? You know, that's my favorite. Head on over, guys, to built.com. That is built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Also, let me know, what is, what's your favorites? Let me know. Built Bar, as you know, are a big part of the Locked On Marlins podcast. So let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys. But get over to built.com. Promo code is there for you. LOCKED15, 15% off your order. All right. So what else have we got to talk about today? Well, there's a stunning podcast, and I hope you do. I hope you listen to it. If you don't, I highly recommend it. But the Chris Rose Rotation, 
uh, which features tons of the MLB guys, including our very own Miguel Rojas, the El Capitan, is on there. And uh, the most recent episode uh, was Chris with, with Miggy. And it's always great to hear from him. It's particularly great to hear from him at this kind of time when there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going on. Uh, Miggy obviously is the one of the Marlins player reps um, as part of uh, part of the union. Um, so, you know, he, you know, he's got some great insight and knowledge. So it's it was really nice timing to hear from Miggy and share with you know with us, I guess, via that via that that podcast. You know, what's kind of going on? What his sense is right now? So, like I said, feel free to go and take the full listen. It's around about a fifty minute uh, podcast, um, but. I thought I'd just summarize some of the key points I took away from the pod and share them with you and equally a little bit of my thoughts around them. Um, so let's kind of dive into them. There's there's a couple of themes that we get into. Um, one of the first ones was, I guess, the Mets. <laughs> and clearly one of the big splashy moves that the Mets made was signing Starling Marte, clearly. And it was really interesting to get you know, Miggy's view on on that deal uh, in general and also, you know, what he was doing and the feedback he gave to Starling. So, you know, high level, really, Miggy came out just saying, you know, when the, when the news dropped, um, you know, saying to Starling, listen, Starling, what are you doing? Are you stupid? <laughs> Why do you want to go and have to deal with the media for a couple of extra million dollars? You know, I, it was all in jest um, from Miggy, but, you know... Uh, What's clear is Starling, I believe, has some family actually in New York, and also there's a strong, um, strong, strong Dominican connection as well in New York. So even though Miami clearly a good fit for Starling, I think as well, it's a good fit for him too in New York with family and um, country connections. Um, obviously, you know, Miggy's feedback was, listen, we we it's going to hurt not having him on our team and hurt even more the fact that he's gone to a division rival. So that that really doesn't help. But one of the things that you know actually came out that I think is is, is kind of timely right now is is the view that Miggy put across that was that, you know, okay, Marte made the decision to go to New York. The Marlins made an offer. Starling decided to go elsewhere. We know about that. We know that's the way it went. But Miggy's view was that you just want the players to go and get the best deal that they can get. And that's kind of the undercurrent of where Miggy's coming from. He wants the guys to go out there and get the best deal they can. And he's then, I think, followed that up with, you know, that's what we're fighting for. And that's kind of where things are at with the, the union perhaps right now is that, you know, they are they are in a fight and they're fighting for now and they're fighting for the future. But, you know, let's not, Let's not sugarcoat it. It is a fight right now. It is a battle. And Miggy was was delighted to see that Marte was able to go away and secure that type of deal uh, at his kind of age um, in a place that ended up working for him. So I think that was really, really intriguing. And I think that's an interesting headspace for Miggy to be at. Um, Chris also asked Miggy himself about his own extension. And this also was really interesting. And, you know... A lot of us, you know, both Marlins fans and, and wider, were kind of asking the question of, well, maybe not asking the question, but commenting on this deal to say, wow, that is a great deal for the Marlins. Great deal for the Marlins. When you kind of look at the production, the war, 
all the various stats that you effectively end up getting Miggy, you know, two years, 10 million. You know, based on his production, he's probably worth 15 a year, something in that kind of range, I guess even higher maybe. You know, so the question, you know, Chris is posing to, to Miggy was, why, why do you give the discount? And again, this is another really interesting undercurrent about where the players are at. And it's the uncertainty. Miggy was thinking, I want, I'm going to take that two-year deal right now because I'm going to do it for security for me and my family. I don't know what will happen. There's uncertainty baked into all of these decisions around what will happen with the, the current negotiations. And, you know, he even called it out to say, we don't know what's going to happen. What if we don't play? What if it's a shortened year? I'm going to prepare for any scenario. We want to play. But he's thinking, and his headspace is, I'm going to get this deal, two years, ten, to give me the security right now. And listen, you know, that makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense for Miggy with his young family to make sure that he locks himself into a deal that he's comfortable with, with a team that he wants to be with in a city that he likes. It makes a lot of sense. And But like I said, the undercurrent is the really interesting part about the headspace of what if we don't play? What if it's a shortened year? And clearly, for Miggy to call that out on, on a pod with you know, Chris Rose that clearly a lot of people will be listening to, is it hyperbole? Is it propaganda the other way? Maybe. I, I, I feel like I've got a good read on Miggy in general. I feel like he's very upfront, honest guy. And I, I think that's a legitimate concern that he'd be having, the players are having, um, that is going to play out in the next, you know, few weeks, months, I guess. But, you know, really interesting insight, both, you know, on Starling Marte's deal and how he felt about it. Yes, I wanted Marte with us, but I understand why, and I'm glad he got the deal that he did. And maybe getting the deal that he did, why did he take the discount? Why did he give the discount? I took it for the security. It's still two years, ten million. I don't know if we're going to play, ever going to be playing. I don't know if it's going to be a shortened year. I want to be, uh, you know, prepared for that. So I'm going to take the deal. Makes a lot of sense. So you're really intriguing. There was another part as well, and this is, you know, for me personally, I've attached my, <laughs> I've attached myself to this name. You know, maybe in jest, but maybe not. Um, you know, I want the Marlins to have the best players on on our roster. Clearly. Mate, I would love Mate to be on the roster and one of the other guys, and obviously there was a, a recent picture with Miguel with Juan Soto together at a, at a baseball game. Um, you know, one of the questions though, talking about free agency that, that, that Chris put to, to Miggy was what the potential contract could look like for Soto. And he kind of gave him the over-under at 450 mil. And which I think is interesting. I, I personally think, based on who Soto, who represents Soto, and when they the timing, I think they'll be shooting for that to start with a five. I think they'll be starting with a, or looking to end with half a billion at some point for Soto. That's my honest opinion with that. But nevertheless, Miggy was, interestingly, non-committal on that, which I get. I mean, listen, Miggy's not close to that. Um, you know, kind of discussion, but what he brought into it was, you know, listen, he's only in his first year of ARB. Um, you know, would, yeah, if they're going to do a deal like that, 450, 500 million, are they going to do that? Are they going to do it now? They're not going to do it now. 
you know, clearly because, well, there's a lockout happening. So it's not going to happen. Maybe, you know, Arbor's on. And maybe they get it done next year. And, you know, when things are settled and the, the, the lines of the battle lines are, are more well defined, I don't know. But I think it was interesting that he, it was put to him. And I think the vibe was I'm not really sure the timing is right for that kind of deal right now. It could be. And for me, like I said, in my opinion, Soto gets over half a billion um, when when the deal is finally done. Which I think, you know, listen, the Nats should absolutely look to execute on that. And this is the you know, going back to Soto, just to kind of add my thoughts. He's got three years of control remaining. I'm not convinced the Nats window is is going to open up fully in that period. And he's represented by Scott Boras. The question is, is are you going to want to... Do you want to go to half a billion for Soto? To the Nats, and if they don't, they should absolutely look to move him in the next year or so. They absolutely should, and maybe the Marlins would take it and go. Listen, we're happy to have a Juan Soto for two years, just two years, knowing that we'll never extend him because, listen, the Marlins are not going to give him half a billion either. But it does create an interesting opportunity for the Marlins where you have two years of control over Soto, of Arb control, and knowing that you're never ever going to extend him, perhaps. Will it ever happen? Should it happen? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm just putting it out there to say. Listen, if the Nats don't ever want to go to 500 million for Juan Soto, for one of the best players in the game, who's only 24, because their window's not opening, then they absolutely they, they absolutely should cash in, because all they're going to end up with is just a devaluing asset. And clearly, he's still one of the best players. But nevertheless, if you know your window's not there, you know there's tons. Like the Marlins have the system to get something done for him, in my opinion. Whether that's in the next 12 months, wait and see. Wait and see. But that's my rationale, my thinking on that one on Soto. I know I've put it out there on Twitter. I know it's been laughed at by many. Rightly so. Juan Soto should probably never be traded to the Marlins. He's in the division. He's one of the best players. They should absolutely pay him. But I guess we'll wait and see. So there was a few other things that Miggy got into that I want to share. Some of which are linked to the Marlins specifically in the way that they're handling their the way that the information is flowing to players. But I'll, I'll cover that in a second. Before we get there, I have to tell you about the other the other guns of the Locked On Marlins uh, podcast and these US ads with the British twist. And it's Bet Online AG. Bet Online. They have you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the college ball season and the pro football playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On. It's all one word, Locked On, to receive your bonus. For basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Gotta love those bet online guys. US ads, British twist. Love to see it. All right, guys, let's wrap up with just some final other notes and nuggets from the Miguel Roas interview with with Chris Rose on the Chris Rose rotation. This is where things get interesting, and there was some talk around the way that the union is flowing information and obviously Miggy is uh, a Marlins, the Marlins rep. 
The other thing that came out, though, is there's a second Marlins rep. I didn't know this, um, but the other Marlins rep is Anthony Bass. Miggy, you know, clearly as El Capitan, as the leader anyway, makes a lot of sense. And Miggy is doing a lot of the helping with the communication flow with the Latin players, again, which makes a lot of sense. And Anthony Bass is actually leading on the U.S. players. So Anthony is then being the, the liaison um, you know, for the union, for the Marlins players with the U.S.-specific guys. So I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, I, I guess the rationale and what Miggy shared was that, you know, Bassman is contracted in for next year. He's, you know, he was already, you know, he was a guaranteed deal. So it made sense for him to kind of pick it up. He's a vet guy, been around for, a, you know, for some time. So, you know, it made sense. Um, you know, we did talk about it that, you know, I think the, you know, the main undercurrent that the Miggy's sharing in general is that, this negotiation isn't just for us. I think they were his words. This is a legal discussion and it's not just for us, but for the future generation after us. And it's our time right now to fight for the future. And that's, I spoke about it a few weeks back on the pod about you know, the approach and the discussion and the, the mindset of the players. And it, it isn't fighting for the the Corey Seegers out there, the Max Scherzers, that is not what the fight is about. It's about the the majority of the guys that are basically between zero and six years of service time. Those guys and the future guys that will fall into those categories um, to ensure that they get, they get what's fair and what's right. And, you know, and I guess not just for the players, but for the game as well. And that was the other bit that Miggy called out was we're going we're gonna to continue to fight for what is right for the players and for the game. And so this isn't just a, a money grab from the players. That's the way it not, you know, it's not the way it's positioned. It's, you know, we've got to do the right thing by baseball too, but clearly baseball is a, is a better product with its best players available. So, you know, it, it's really... It's a really interesting and obviously a, a very topical discussion right now in general. And the vibe I get from Miggy is the players want to play. Of course they're going to say that. But a lot of these discussions, are you know, they're, they're tricky conversations. And it's going to be hard to, you know, the players are going to have to you know, stand their ground. They are. And, there's, and that could mean that games are missed. I think that's what it comes down to is and it will hurt no one wants no one will want and Miggy called this out too a stoppage is it doesn't favor anyone the players want to play they need to play the owners need the players to play the fans need the players to play everyone needs the players to play but at the same time the players need to fight for what's right for them and for the game not just for now but for the future which makes a ton of sense and you can completely understand that mindset what Miggy was saying was that the communication channels across the union have been spot on and everyone is kept you know, fully abreast of what is happening and I guess making sure that they're, they're all on the same page and all, all come together at the right times to make the right decisions when that's required. And I think that's really important. Having the information disseminated across all of the, the players, having the liaisons like Miggy and Anthony Bass to help you digest that and understand it. What does it mean? What does it mean for me? And then equally being able to come together 
and make decisions at those moments when they need to be made, if they need to be made. You know, I think that's really interesting. You know, Miggy called it out to say some of the Latin guys are, you know, Miggy himself saying he wanted to play winter ball. But, you know, during the lockout, it was uncertain. What does that mean? What should I do? Should I play winter ball? If something happens, what does it mean to me? You know, these types of questions that you know, Miggy is trying to help the guys answer with the help of the union. Um, but, you know, there's, there's a lot to get into there. I think, you know, just to kind of round things up in the discussion, like I said, go and, go and listen to the full, the full episode. It's, it, you know, Miggy's always great to listen to for sure. And, you know, clearly it's nice to be able to get into some insight. You know, that's the other thing is to be able to just to kind of hear, digest and share thoughts or my views perhaps on, on where I see things, um, you know, based on something that's actually happened now or has happened very recently. You know, clearly the lockout is not easy <laughs> for, for daily podcasts, that's for sure. Um, Miggy did also talk about uh, obviously, Scherzer then going to the Mets. He, you know, we talked about Marte going to the Mets, but talking about Scherzer, and he was kind of, you know, just saying how demoralizing it's going to feel where, you know, it's you've paired up effectively Scherzer with the best pitcher in baseball in Jacob deGrom. No easy at-bats, he said. Um, but one of the things I thought was really intriguing was Chris was asking him, you know, is that the day for you to get a day off? You know, is that a good day? One of those games, you know, Scherzer or DeGrom, is that a good day for a starter um, to take a day off, miss those guys, and then come back strong with maybe some better matchups? And Mickey called it out and said, listen, as, a, as an everyday player, as a leader, I, they're the games that hurt you the most when you're not in the lineup. And I love to hear that from Mickey. I absolutely love to hear that because, you know, Mickey was saying, you know, he's been a bench bat himself. He's been a bench bat. That was his role. And, you know, Getting your first start after, what, five, six days and it being against a DeGrom or a Scherzer, that's tough. You haven't played in five, six days and you get four at-bats and it's against DeGrom. I mean, that is a real tough ask. And he said, listen, for me as a leader, I want to be out there against those guys. They're the guys I want to be you know, playing against. You know, They're tough ABs, no doubt. But you know, I've got a good record against, I think, I think he said actually DeGrom and Scherzer. Like he feels confident up there. So I thought it was really intriguing. Now, Miggy's been on both sides of this. He's been a backup and he's also been an everyday player. And clearly as well, we don't know how the future will play out for Miggy. You know, with you know, clearly with Wendell in the mix, Jazz in the mix, Miggy only two years left on his contract, getting you know, a bit older. You know, how things will start to change for him. But for him right now, just saying, listen, I don't want, I don't want days off against the big guns. I want to be in there against the big guns. I'm a leader, I need to lead by example and fight. They're hard at-bats and I want to fight. And I love to hear that from Miggy. I mean, that is Miggy personified, right? It's just the fight. It is. And that's why it's really interesting that both on the field and off the field, being the player's liaison, Miguel Rojas, he is the perfect guy. Not just fighting for baseball guys, but also having the Latin slant too. And he called this out too, saying how... There's things that have gone on for too long with Latin baseball players. Kind of going back to the top of the show, talking about international scouting and, you know, et cetera, and free agency and how, you know, he signed his first deal at 16 and had been educated to that point to a degree, had been in school and was educated and then signed his first deal. And he said, you know, kids these days are getting recruited at 11, 12 and going to academies, playing 12 hours a day, no education, all baseball, no education. And how... That needs to end. Needs to be a balance. A balance for the kids, absolutely. And so, 
you know, so many great topics that Mickey got into. You know, I'm sorry for anyone that has, you know, listened to the pod already and is going, Pete, you're just regurgitating it back. I'm trying not to, but at the same time trying to, I guess in summary, Miguel Rojas, he's a fighter, right? And that just shows to me what the owners are going to have to deal with. Miguel Rojas is saying, listen, we're going to fight for what's right for us, the players for right now, for the future, and for Latin players in the future too. So, you know, I think that's a, a great situation for the union to be in and to make sure that the, a deal gets done. But I also am really intrigued that Miggy himself took a two-year deal now rather than risk it for the fear that these discussions could lead to games being missed. They absolutely could. Because some of these topics are, they're thorny. Clearly, everyone thinks no one, no games being missed is a good thing for everyone. It absolutely is. But it's how can the players stand the ground long enough to get the deal done that they need and they want and that the players need for the future. That's the question. So I'm going to wrap it up there, guys. I've, as I've already teased out on Twitter, we have a stunning, stunning guest lined up this week. And the Godfather is back. Yes, the Godfather will be joining me and it will likely be a three-part episode with the godfather one of his specialisms is what i'll describe the state of the franchise the state of the rebuild and we are going to dig into that he is something he's been passionate about for a long time helping to keep expectations on track you know clearly that's not easy for me (laughs) but the godfather will be back and we will be digging into the state of the franchise right now. Where's the rebuild up to? What mistakes have been made? What what good things have happened? Where are we at with Kim Ang? Where is she at? What's our confidence moving forwards? All of these topics we're going to get into, and it will likely be a three-parter, and it will likely be going across uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, perhaps. If it goes on any longer, and it is very possible, Spoiler alert, there may be a Christmas Day episode. We'll wait and see on that one. But just to let you know, stay tuned. Stick with us on Locked On Marlins. There are going to be episodes on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday this week. And maybe a bonus one on Christmas Day for you to enjoy while the turkey is being roasted or whatever it is you do over in the States. I'm not clear if turkey is the thing. But nevertheless, guys, that is it for me today on Locked On Marlins. Thank you for making Locked on Marlins perhaps your first listen of the day. And I know I'm late, so perhaps making Locked on Marlins your last listen of the day. It is possible. But if you're looking for further content today from the Locked on Podcast Network, head on over to Locked on Bets. Make it your second listen of the day. Locked on Bets, it's your daily one-stop show for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. That is it, guys. Locked on Marlins and me, Peter Pratt, signing out for today, Tuesday, 21st of December. And we are back tomorrow, Wednesday, with part one with The Godfather. Can't wait. See you soon.